Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, July 28th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my buddy here, Cole Shelton, to uh, recap UFC Filing 3, 4, actually, uh, or 3, no, UFC Filing 3, uh, recap Beltar 242. But of course, we're here to preview Derek Brunson versus Edmund Shabazzi in UFC Fight Night this Saturday. It's going to be a great event, I think, as usual. But uh, got some breaking news off the talk, Cole. We got to talk about it, man. Breaking news. It's 10 a.m. here, Toronto time. And we just got the news from Dana White. He revealed it to CNN of all places. Habib Nurmagomedov will fight Justin Gaethje on October 24th. No date or uh, no location has been announced. We obviously have the date now. Um, no other details have been announced, though. So very fresh. Obviously, Habib is still dealing with the death of his father very recently, but Man, he wants to get in there this quick. I'm surprised, Cole. I'll be honest. I thought he wouldn't fight till like next year. So, guy's a beast, man. I mean, all the credit in the world to be for getting in there and fighting Gaethje. It's going to be a great fight. Just thoughts on the news this morning. Yeah, I didn't think we'd be seeing Habib at all in 2020. I thought we'd probably be seeing him February, March. He'd be coming back. But this is a phenomenal fight. Like, so I guess um, obviously it would have been. I'm am surprised that he is coming back this soon. I just thought. Him and his dad were so close. Like his dad was his main coach. Like he told him his whole game plan. And then he shared with uh, Javier Mendez what his dad told him to do. So like I am surprised he's come back this soon. I know he probably only has a couple more fights left. I know for a while he always said thirty, like thirty and oh he'll retire. So maybe it's Gaethje one more. It's I think this is Habib's toughest test. Gaethje, we're finally going to see Gaethje's wrestling. Because that's something he doesn't use. We're going to see how good his takedown defense is or how good his offensive wrestling is. Maybe Gagey just flips the gameplay and takes down Habib. No one's ever really done that. But it's a great fight. Two pay-per-views in October and have one. this as one of the headliners is just great. You go from DC Stipe in August, Adesanya Cost in September, Habib Gagey in October. Like That's a great start to pay-per-view main events. For sure. And again, this fight was supposed to take place at UFC 253 in September, but it's going to be pushed back. Just over a month. Uh, we actually have odds for this fight, Cole. We've had them for like maybe two months now since Ferguson lost to Gaethje. Uh, right now we have Habib minus 235, Gaethje plus 195. I expect the number to go down on Gaethje. I think a lot of people are going to put their money on Justin Gaethje in this fight. I'll be honest, Cole. I think he's got a really good chance to win this fight. I don't know who to pick yet officially. I think I've picked Habib in like every fight he's ever had in the UFC, but this is a really different fight for him, and Gaethje's look incredible. So just any thoughts on those fights, Cole, before we get into uh, the bulk of today's show? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Habib close at like a minus one sixty, minus like the minus one fifty to minus one seventy range. So I think right now I would bet on Gage. I wouldn't bet Habib at that price. I think if you're supporting Habib, I think you wait so close to the fight because I think a lot of money can come on Gagey just because yeah. he has a pretty big fan base. Everyone talks about his wrestling. His, he has knockout. Like he has legit one punch on power. All he needs to do is land one punch. So I think it's the odds are going to sh- shrink a lot. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I definitely feel like Habib should be favored. Obviously, he's unbeaten. He's the champion. He's an amazing fighter, man. But I just feel like stylistically, this is a really intriguing fight. So I'm looking forward to it. All right, let's get into the show. Like I said, we'll start with the uh, recaps, and then we'll go to the preview later on. Hopefully, some more fans tune in today's show. And uh, we'll start with – we'll do UFC on ESPN 14 first goal. So uh, Car took place on Saturday, obviously 15 fights, which – Ties the UFC record from UFC 2, but in modern day, it's the most fights on any car. That car obviously had many tournaments on it. So, uh, long night, Cole, but the thing is, the pacing was good, I felt, uh, as far as the broadcast goes, because it was just like fight, bang, fight, bang. You know, it was great. Like, there was no, like, um, breaks between the fights for the most part. So, I love the pacing. And overall, I think it was a pretty good card. Like, some really good finishes, obviously. I'll be honest, Cole, I didn't really enjoy the main event that much. I felt like it wasn't the most exciting fight. Uh, some people are calling it technical, cool. Dana White, I heard what he said. He didn't seem to enjoy it that much either. I'm not saying I hated the fight. It was kind of – it's like a chess match kind of fight, but I was hoping for a little bit more. It's just like Till's able to drag guys into these kind of like like low-output fights, and and Whitaker obviously edges out the decision here in the main event, Cole. 48-47, all three judges' scorecards. I also thought Whitaker won. However, I thought he won the last four rounds, and I picked Darren Till. I thought he only won the first round. I mean, maybe you could give him – like, a lot of people gave him the fourth round. It was a close round. I'll have to watch – I mean, I really don't want to watch, watch the fight again because I didn't really enjoy it. But um, maybe at some point I'll check it out again. But, I, I you know, I'm for, the, the truth is, what does a rewatch matter anyways as far as scoring a fight goes? You only get one chance to score a fight and watch it live. You know, judges only get one chance to watch it too. So what's the point of being like, okay, I'm going to go rewatch it, really? You know, a lot of people say that. But 
the truth is quite, I just felt like Whitaker edged out four of the rounds um, and, and at least three of them. Till just didn't do enough, man. He just, and this is the, that, that was the one thing for me when I went to this fight, trying to predict it. I know you picked Whitaker. You said you would dominate the fight call. I mean, I don't think it was domination, man. Even though I do think he won probably four rounds, I feel like it was still a competitive fight. It wasn't dominant by any means, in my opinion. Um, Till, obviously I was wrong about this one. It, it is where it is. Um, I'm very surprised how many people scored it for Till. The, literally half the media had it for Till. I'm very surprised by that. I know he's a popular guy. I think people just kind of let their own like personal feelings towards Till get in and impact their their scoring call. But as someone who tries to be as completely objective as he can, even though I wanted Till to win because I would look smart if he won, I felt like really her won the fight. So just give me your thoughts on the matchup and the scorecards and what the media felt like. Yeah, I had Whitaker four one. I thought Till only won the first round when he knocked him down. You had Whitaker jump until twice in both rounds at two through one round as he dropped. Um, it was a close fight that I thought. I just think that's how the way Till fights a lot of guys. You see Gas and you see Waterboy. Like he's kind of that. He likes to counter. He's that. He isn't like he doesn't mind that low output fight because he believes if he just gets one, he can probably end the fight. So I think if the fight proved. Tail is still that a top guy at middleweight, but I think he's still. In the, I think the problem with him is he doesn't throw enough volume. Like if he were to throw more combinations, more punches, I think he'd have a lot more success. He'd probably have had a better shot of winning this fight. But he just sticks to his whole game plan where let me try to counter you, let me counter you, and then if a fight ends up like that, it just Whitaker just did more and he gets the win. Agreed completely, man. Like I said, when I was kind of breaking down the fight and deciding who was going to pick. The one thing that did stand out to me was the significant strikes landed in Waker's favor per minute. And I just felt like Till maybe would have one of those showings where he just showed a lot more, like when he fought Cowboy. It wasn't like that. It was just like a Darren Till fight. And, you know, at this point, Cole, I mean, he's lost three of his last four fights. And I get that there are two, like, really top-level opponents, obviously, Whitaker, Maswell, Woodley. But, you know, even that Gaston fight was pretty close. Some people thought that Gaston won that fight. So, you know, this is a guy that's kind of struggled lately, Cole. And I Let's be honest, a lot of us didn't think he beat Stephen Thompson either. Like, he could be on a five-fight losing streak if you thought those decisions went against him. So, obviously, he's fighting top-level guys. I get that. But maybe he's not as good as a lot of people think he is, Cole, you know? Um, and I, I'll i be honest, I've always thought he was overrated. But I, I keep picking him because I, I, I kind of feel like he's waiting to break out every fight. And sometimes he has a great performance. Like, when he fought... Uh, Calvin Gastelum. You know, I picked him there as a dog, and a lot of people didn't think he'd win. And I was like, okay, wow, he looks good at middleweight. And then once again, Cole has this performance where he just doesn't do enough. Um, as far as Whitaker goes, good for him to get back in the win call, Cole. He's won, he's nine and one as a middleweight. I mean, that's pretty great. So he's an awesome fighter. Dana White now saying that uh, the UFC is considering doing Whitaker versus Jerry Cannonier for a number one contender fight. I think that makes a lot of sense, Cole. Honestly, Cannonier hasn't been out, for, he hasn't fought in a year now. So, since uh, last September when he knocked out Herman, so uh, Hermanson, um, I think taking another fight here would actually be a good idea for him. And obviously, we have Adesanya Costa fighting in September. I don't think the winner of the fight will fight this year. They'll probably fight early next year in like February or March. So I think it's a perfect number one contender fight. Cole, what do you think? Yeah, I, that's what I might call him for PJ yeah. Fan. I thought it made a lot of sense because you have Costa Adesanya in September. It that fight, whoever wins that fight's probably not coming out unscathed. Just the way Costa goes, like. It's not going to be like Adesanya Romero where Costa's going to wait. Costa's going to, he only knows how to go forward. And Adesanya's going to get hit. He's going to get hit in the counter. So whoever wins that fight's probably going to be out for a while. So say they probably can't turn around till March, April. You're looking at Jada Karanir not fighting for a year and a half. Like, does he really want to do that? I think depending when Whitaker wants to turn this thing around, maybe do Whitaker Karanir a fight night main event, like five rounds, do it in like October, November. And then you just set up the winners where you're only a month, two months after the title fight. So it even gives the champion more time to recover. And I think that's the way you do it. I think Hermanson did lay out a good game plan that he gets the winner of Whitaker Till. But I just think Kanier needs another fight and Kanier deserves to fight a guy like Whitaker. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Kanier's look good, obviously, in middleweight. Three no, three finishes. So I think he's up there. But I still feel like, you know, beating Jack Hermanson's a good win. Does it get you a title shot? I don't know. I think he needs one more win. So I think beating Whitaker would be that fight. And for Whitaker, you could give him another title shot. I mean, let's be honest, Cole, he did get smoked by Sonia, but I feel like he didn't get a lot of respect from UFC as a as a former defending champion. He defended his belt a couple of times. He didn't really get that uh, you know, same immediate rematch that a guy like Max Holloway's getting, and he might even get a trilogy fight out of it. So I feel like Whitaker should be there, but probably needs one more win. All right. Um, 
Come event, Shogun Hulu against Antonio Rogero Nogueira. Shogun wins a split decision. Close fight call. I honestly thought Nog won the fight. I thought he won the first two rounds. It was close, but I feel like uh, if you look at the judges' scorecards, Ben Cartledge scored the second round for Shogun, uh, and that was the deciding round as far as you know scoring the fight in someone's favor. I think you could have given Shogun the first and third round. I had Nog winning the first and second round, but that second round was clearly Nog's round. I was surprised one of the judges gave it to uh, to Shogun. So I, I think you scored it for Shogun. Call. Obviously, it was a close fight. Just uh, thoughts on the match. I thought it was a pretty good fight. Yeah, he showed in one three. Second round was only the clear round. Like, I honestly wouldn't have been surprised. I thought first round could win either of them. Second round was Nog. Yeah. Third round, I favored Shogun, but I'm like, if someone makes an argument for like Little Nog, I wouldn't be like, it was a lot closer fight than I thought. Like, Little Nog was 0 2 against Shogun. I th- it was his retirement fight, so I thought he'd come out a bit better, but Shogun, I don't know. I don't know how many more fights he has. I thought this was a good match for him, a winnable fight for him, and he just, he, look, he just like, seems i know he's on like he's only lost like one fight in his last couple but he just seems like slow he seems a lot slower and when he fights those faster guys like he just gets pieced up even now i got some success with his striking speed so i don't know I, it was a super close fight i didn't think it was going to be that close but i had it for shogun but i could see the argument for little nog as well yeah shogun's actually five one in one over his last seven so don't look now but shogun is making a late run in his career but it's not like he's going to get a title shot anytime soon he says he has one or two more fights left after this fight. So uh, I did an article for MMA ratings today, and you guys can go check that out if you want. I suggested three opponents. One was – because if you look at the rankings, and you, like, I don't feel like he sh- – he's not even in the rankings. So I don't really feel like he should be fighting these top 15 guys. I'd rather see Shogun fight legendary fighters. I'd rather see him fight veterans. So in my article, I suggested three fighters. Um, and trust me, guys, if you actually look at the roster, it's not easy to find opponents for Shogun because of his advanced age because you want to send him out on a winnable fight. You don't want to give him like – an up-and-coming guy like Magame Ankalev, who's going to lose to you. Like, I'd rather them fight a veteran. So the three guys I suggested are Gokan Saki, who is only one one in the UFC, but stylistically, that is a fun fight, man. And Gokan Saki, again, uh, a veteran of the sport, legend of the sport, um, com- of combat sports, not really MMA, but I think that'd be a fun fight. Another guy I suggested, Jacare Souza. Jacare's not ranked right now. is a veteran of the sport. He's 40 years old. Jacare is a great fighter. He probably, in his mind, feels like he's still a contender. The fact is, he's not in the rankings anymore. So, and I don't know if I agree with that, by the way, but still, I think a fight with Shogun would be fine. But the one fight, this is the fight they have to make: Anderson Silva against Shogun Hua. It makes so much sense. Anderson's forty-five now; he's only got a few fights left in his career. These guys were longtime training partners at Shooter Box. Anderson left the team. There was a big rivalry back in the day. They've probably sparred millions of times too. So, not millions of times, but you know what I'm saying. They've, they've sparred before. I mean, they, they're they're longtime legends and. I think these two guys at this point in career, this is the fight they, they should get. Because if you look at Anderson Silva, there's like nothing that makes sense for him. The only fight that in my mind would make sense other than this fight would be Chris Weidman maybe in a, in a trilogy. But I feel like the Shogun fight would be a fun fight. So that's my thoughts on that, Cole. I know you. I, I asked you about this. You said suggested the Paul – it wasn't really you that suggested it, but Paul Craig had suggested a rematch. I really did enjoy that first fight between Paul Craig and Shogun, but I'd rather see Shogun, if he's going to have like one or two fights left, I don't want to see him fighting guys like Paul Craig and Tyson Pedro. I want to see him fight a guy like Anderson Silva. Cole. What do you think of that fight, man? I think it makes a lot of sense. Silva's in that weird spot. Like uh, All these album covers are calling him out, but well, at this point, one of those album covers beating Anderson Silva doesn't really do a whole lot for him, as they might think. Like I think Silva needs to just fight those older guys, fight like a like a Wyman trilogy, a Shogun, like, even a Luke Rockhold matchup down the line, like something just like that, just where like whoever he fights isn't this up and comer, like entering their prime. Like the, he needs to fight guys around his age or fighters out of their prime or coming out of retirement, just stuff like that. Where the same thing for Shogun, like he's just be at these fun fights. He only has one or two left. Yeah, exactly. Um, next fight for Bruce over Doom, picking up a big upset here over Alexander Gustafson. Told, I told you, man, I told you he had a good chance to win. Gustafson, I love the guy. He is an overrated fighter. I'm sorry, but he is. Like, you look at his resume lately. He hasn't won a fight in three years. He's on a three-fight losing skid. He's getting finished every fight. I know he said that he wants to make another run in heavyweight call. I don't think he has what it takes, man. I'll be honest. This was a fight he had to win to prove that he's even a top 15 guy in this division. He just lost to a guy who's 42 years old in Verdun. And I know Verdun has an amazing ground game, but the UFC wanted Gustafson to win this fight, especially after Verdun looked really old and slow against Olenek. This was a fight the UFC wanted Gus to win. He blew it, Cole. So a great win for Verdum. He's a free agent now. The Fedor rematch in Bellator, Cole. I think that's the fight, man. What do you think? 
I think that makes a lot of sense. I think I wouldn't be surprised if we see Zabrisi with Bellator. There's just a lot of veteran fight for him. Yep. It, it, it's just the Legends League out in Bellator for the whole heavyweights. I know it is. Got Damien Blackburn in the comments here. What's up? What's going on, Damien? Good morning, man. All right, next up, we'll just go through the rest of these fights somewhat quickly. Uh, Carlos Sparza defeats Marina Rodriguez, split decision. I scored the fight for Rodriguez, Cole. I thought she won Damn. the first rounds. Based on damage, uh, it was a close fight for sure, and Carla had a lot of positional control. But to me, that damage outweighs the positional control. What do you think, Cole? Yeah, and I just don't get Marina Rodriguez. Like You're taking down at will against Randa Mars, Cindy Calvillo. How have they not brought in some elite wrestler for the past six months and just said, shoot takedowns? That's all you're doing. Her boxing is good enough. Like at this point, most like eighty percent of her training camp should just be stuff these takedowns. Yeah, like, she's really got her feet. If she can just keep the fight standing, she wins most fights. But her problem is she can't stuff a takedown. Yeah, definitely a disappointing performance. I mean, even though I thought she won the fight, I, I was disappointed by the takedown defense. It should have been there. You know, for Carla though, don't look now, Cole. Four straight wins. Dana White mentioned her as a potential title contender. <laughs> I think Willie Zhang would destroy her, probably finish her quicker than Joanna did. So I don't really want to see that fight, but there's no doubt Carla's a fighter that probably deserves a lot more respect than she's been given by, especially the odds makers. She's an underdog like every fight goal and keeps winning. So, you know, good for her. Uh, next up, Paul Craig defeats Gadzimurov, Antigulov uh, via submission. This guy, Antigulov, whatever the hell was he thinking? Go, shoots on a takedown on Paul Craig, leaves his neck exposed. And the way Craig got that choke really fast, so impressive there. Alex Oliveira defeats Peter Sabata. Kind of, uh, not. I didn't really think it was that great of a fight, but Sabata obviously retired after the fight. Didn't look like he was there mentally either way. He just kind of just stood there and got outstruck for three rounds. Kind of uh, disappointing. I know that you picked Sabata. Cool, it happens. You know, like you, you never know. Like I thought Sabata would have a more competitive fight. For me, it was going to be a close fight, but you know, Oliveira made it look kind of easy. And then uh, I know uh, he broke his arm in the first though. Who did? Sabata. He broke it. That's how he yeah, broke yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Fair enough. I mean, obviously, that's going to play a factor. So, fair enough. But e even then, I, I still feel like oh, yeah. he wasn't doing much. And then uh, the other fight in the main card, Kamzat Kimaya defeats Reese McKee uh, via stoppage. Um, you know, he looked amazing. And he's looked incredible. I think people need to slow their roll, though. He's beaten two guys that are not that great. John Phillips is, like, not really UFC caliber. Quote, one and four in the UFC. Reese McKee's 0-1. He's a prospect. He has, obviously, problems with his pink on. And he's a 55-er. Yeah. This is it's crazy how people are, like, just going nuts on Kamara. I mean, again, I think he's looked amazing. Can he be a champion? I think so. He's the guy, the guy I look at, and I'm like, that's a guy that I think could be a world champ one day. There's been guys like this over the years that I've kind of, like, I've seen their first to second fights in the UFC, and I'm like, that's the guy who's going to be a champ one day. Chris Weidman was another guy. Chris Weidman came to the UFC, and I was like, man, this guy's incredible. And I loved what he did in his first couple fights. He beat Sakara and Bongfeld. They were like low-level guys, but I saw the skill there. And eventually, obviously, he went on to beat Anderson and win a title. That's a guy that I, I kind of pegged as someone. Um, but, you know, Kamehameha is a guy that I think could be there one day. But but seriously, guys, you know, talking about him fighting Usman, to me, it's just disrespectful to the rest of the guys who are grinding out these high-level fights, like Leon Edwards, eight straight wins against like elite opponents, whereas this guy's beating guys cold that are, I don't even know if they're really UFC caliber fighters. So he's looked great, don't get me wrong, and I do think he could be a champ one day. But I feel like people are just kind of like, they're they're pushing him too soon, Cole. What do you think? Yeah, and I saw polls on Twitter. Someone was like, who wins? Who would you pick? Uh, Cam Zad or Steven Thompson? It was like 80% for Chmaev. It's like, uh, who... If you put anyone in the top 15 to fight John Phillips and Reese McKee, they'd probably beat them worse than Chimaev yeah. did. Yeah. You know, no offense to Reese McKee, but, like, is he a UFC caliber guy? I don't know. He took a fight on one week's notice, too. He had, he had no idea. Him and his coaches didn't even know who the guy was. They were like, Kamzad. They don't even know who he is. Gets a, it gets destroyed. No surprise. There. I mean, Kamzad, again, he's great, guys. I'm very impressed with him. I think he can, he probably will be a champ one day. I do think that could happen. Not yet, though. And, you know, now he's calling out Conor McGregor. Like, I don't know if it's Ali writing his tweets. Maybe it is. I, I don't like this call. I'd rather see him go in there and do his business. And I love the fact he's going to fight again next month on August 15th. He wants to fight at UFC 242, which is great. But Or it's two, excuse me, 252. But, again, Cole, I just think people need to slow the roll. Um, just going through some of the prelims here. And we'll focus on a few of them. But uh, Francisco Geraldo defeats Jay Herbert. Via knockout, and obviously a lot of controversy here, Cole, with the stoppage. Herb Dean 
uh, kind of letting it go on for too long. Basically, honestly, me and Cole picked Herbert. I, Cole, I thought that was a shoe win, man. After the second round, I was like, oh, yeah. And the betting odds. He was like what? minus 1,100 entering the third. He was minus 2,000 entering the third. So he was even bigger, plus 1,000 on, on Tornado. So, you know, to me, it was actually probably 1-1 heading to the third. So the odds were – that's kind of surprising. But obviously, um, people were kind of thinking Tornado was slowing down there in the end. It, he actually was the one who had more gas. Gets the finish on Herbert, lands a massive overhand right or overhand left that just completely stunned Herbert, who fell backwards into his guard. And I get that he had his arms up, but he wasn't defending. His eyes were rolled back in back of his head. Toronto didn't want to throw anything on him, but Herb Dean wouldn't stop the fight. Um, definitely a late stoppage. Herb Dean, obviously, now there's controversy, him coming out, and he had this video on Instagram where he defended the stoppage, saying it was the right stoppage, and uh, basically went after Dan Hardy. Dan Hardy, you know, screamed, stop the fight, and that's not his place, man. He's a commentator. He shouldn't be trying to influence the uh, the fight, in my opinion. I feel like since we haven't had crowds, I we've it's definitely been no, more noticeable. Like remember when Cormier commentated the fight with uh, Augusto Sakai, um, where that guy grabbed the fence um, against Bogoyevanov, and you heard Cormier stand up and scream at the referee. Like these guys are trying to influence the action. They're not fans, man. They're commentators, and they're not they're not officials. Like Herb Dean's argument is, hey. Are you the doctor? Like, I shouldn't be hearing a commentator say, stop the fight because it's dangerous. And these are guys' livelihood. I mean, if he wasn't knocked out and it was an early stoppage, you know, it could have been bad. Like, I understand that Dan Hardy's got a vested interest in Jai Herbert. Like, he's obviously his friend. Dan Hardy's super biased, too, on commentary. Well, I don't really enjoy his commentary. I think it's too biased. In this case, I think he was completely out of line, man. Not only did he yell at the ref to stop the fight, and again, I thought the stoppage was late, too, like a few punches too late. But afterwards, he's getting to a screen match with the referee. It's so unprofessional, man. You know, like even Dana White is a guy who's unprofessional. I've never seen him get into a screen match with a referee. You know, I've never seen Joe Rogan do it. So why is Dan Hardy getting all this praise from, especially with British fans? The British fans are like, they, they love Dan Hardy. And, and you know, the guy's obviously a legend of British MMA. I get that. What he did, I don't think was professional, Cole. What do you think, man? I want to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, it wasn't just Dan Hardy. Paul Feldo was standing up too and screaming. So I think. It was obviously super late round. He got dropped. He saw he was out cold. There was no even Trinaldo didn't even want to throw any punches. Like he just stood over him. He's like he's out. Yeah. And Herb Dean took a while to even get there. Right when he dropped, it was like Trinaldo ran over to him, and Herb Dean was still like three seconds running after to get to him. And then he just stands over top of him. Like Herbert was clearly out. He wasn't even defending himself. He should have just been stopped there. But it is bad for Dan Hardy to scream that. I get where like in the moment you just get heated, but. There's no way you should be having that conversation with Herb Dean in the public. If you want to have something to go after the event and say, Herb, I thought that stoppage was late, talk it out after the event. But to pull your headset off, and some of the was still heard on the broadcast of him screwing Herb Dean, is, yeah. I, I don't know. It was, it was too, it's not the right place for Dan Hardy at all. And at that point, the fight was already over, too. So, like, what's the point of that? It's just, to me, again, unprofessional. So, you know, Herb Dean's got to be reprimanded, though. I mean, this was a late stoppage. and. I get that he is – he's one of the best refs. That's the thing. People are like, Herb Dean sucks. He's a terrible ref. He's blown stoppages. Like the Duranemi fight with Aspen Lad, that was a bad stoppage in my opinion, way too early. He's kind of inconsistent, like the Faber-Burrell fight back in the day. A lot of people thought that was an early stoppage too. So he's inconsistent. I get that. Um, also, the CB Dalloway fight against that uh, Russian guy a couple years ago where the guy just beat the hell out of CB and then he just let it go on for too long. So he is even, – go ahead. Even on this card, that Bowser-Pasoa fight, you could, that could have been stopped a lot yeah, sooner yeah. too. That too. Yeah, that was that was just weird. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but honestly, Herb Dean is still one of the best refs in the sport. Like, if you go and watch regional <laughs> regional level MMA call, those are bad refs. This this guy, it, refing is a tough job too, man. It's like split second, and you know it did look like a flash knockdown probably to the ref. I, I, again, I think that the fight should have been stopped a few punches too soon. But I've seen way worse stoppages. I think there was way too much controversy about this one personally. Anyways, yeah, I just, you know, Dan Hardy, listen, I respect the guy. He's a fighter, and, you know, I, I get that he's very popular, but I don't know, man. He, to me, he leaves a lot to be desired as a commentator. That's just my opinion on that. Um, Damon Blackburn, Trinaldo, he was getting messed up in the second round, but what a left hand, terrible stoppage, head bounced off, canvas, eyes were gone. He was out, no question. I don't know, Herb can pretend it's close. Yeah, I would have loved to see her own this one, man. Like Andy Foster, the uh, California State Athletic Director, Cole, he booked this women's boxing match. Uh, a few days ago, and it ended in seven seconds. This girl got smoked. He actually came out and was like, I screwed up. I shouldn't have sanctioned this fight. I would have loved to, for her being to say, you know what? I made a mistake. 
I'll get better from this. And what was that referee? Um, Jason Herzog with the Dominic Cruz fight. He released a statement call saying, you know, uh, I'll get better from this, basically. Or sorry, that was Keith Peterson. Herzog, what was the fight with her? Oh, yeah, the Glover Teixeira fight with Anthony Smith. Sorry, that was the fight. Um, he released a statement saying, you know, I'm going to learn from this. I would have loved for Herb to say that to you. And Herb is such a big platform that it would have been nice for him to say, you know what? I think maybe this uh, the stoppage was too late, in my opinion, and, and I look back at it, and I'll learn from this to get better. He kind of was too proud about it. But, you know, I think a lot of his criticism towards Hardy saying, you know, this guy, what he did was dangerous. It is dangerous, Cole, because he's not the doctor and he's not a cornerman. How if he wasn't knocked out and, the, and then he thought it was a cornerman that said stop the fight and then stop the fight? Like, it, it could be reckless. I think Herb, Damon says, I think Herb went over to him. I believe that was a friend of Hardy, so I understand that. Bro, I don't think they're friends. <laughs> I'll say that right now. Kenshiro. Oh, he, uh, he must have had some bad parlay picks. Yeah, we'll get to the rest of the Carter. Sorry, guys. Um, Jesse Ronson defeats Nicholas Dalby. That was a great win for Jesse. He needed it, man. 0-3 in, the, in his first stand in the UFC. Now he wins, Cole. Basically, his third stand in the UFC because he uh, actually was signed two years ago to fight, I think it was Diego Ferreira, right? Or, yeah, yeah. in Toronto. And he got uh, his contract terminated after he basically couldn't make weight. Um, also on the card, obviously, we had Tom Aspinall looking really good against Jay Collier, who doesn't look like a UFC fighter at all. Um, that guy looks like he's been on the coach for three years, like literally. When he weighed in, yeah. I was like, who, who is this? Yeah, and then, like, really Jay Collier, I'm like, no, it's not. I, that guy added like 100 pounds. Yeah, I know. I mean, not 100 pounds of good weight. I'm not one to talk, man, because I'm not like, you know, fit or whatever either. But I mean, this guy definitely didn't look like he was training for a fight. He's a professional athlete. So, um, Monster of Love looked really good here against Mike Grundy. Surprisingly, kind of dominant in this fight, Cole. Great wrestling. He's like that Suzuki guy, really fast, good wrestling, good striking. Uh, not as good of striking, obviously. Tanner Poster defeats Pessoa via knockout. Kind of a weird stoppage there. Pessoa kind of like turtled up after getting hit in the eye. Danny Kianza defeats Betch Correa. Ramazan Amiv defeats Nicholas Stoltz, and Nathaniel Wood defeats John Castaneda. Any of these fights you want to talk about, I'm assuming you want to talk about Ronson. Yeah, Ronson looked really good. I thought Dobby was going to win. I thought the size was going to be a big difference. I It was obviously a huge win for him, 0-3 in the OC. Three split decisions. I think one, maybe two could have gone his way. But this is a big win, back down to 55, though, which is obviously his natural weight class. I think his call-outs made a lot of sense. A guy like Jalen Turner, Luis Pena, those lower guys in the lightweight division. But other than that, like Tanner Boza looked good. Nathaniel Wood looked a good win for him. Just get back in the win column. It was, but the first three fights all go a decision. I'm like, this is going to be a long card. I'm like 15 sure. fights in the first three. Went to this. So I get that we got a couple finishes in there. Yeah. And the UFC, uh, they gave out six bonuses. They would have given out seven. Ronaldo missed weight. That's why he didn't get a bonus. People were probably wondering that you miss weight. If you miss weight, you're not eligible. So the EO six bonuses, I'd love to see it, man. They should do it way more often. You know, I, you know what bothers me, Call I'll be honest. When I look back at old events from like, you know, 2007, 2008, where the bonuses were like $60,000, like why is it 50 now? Like it should be 100000 probably, or at least give more bonuses. That's really stupid in my opinion. I know once WME, IG, or Endeavor, they took over, they made that like standardized 50000 But before that with the Fertitas, they used to slip guys cash all the time, man. I bet the fires love the Fertitta brothers, man. Uh, yeah, Kenshiro here says Herb gave me a great job. Gave Herbert a chance at being a warrior and fight for his life, Mario Yamasaki. Yeah, it was, uh, again, I think it was late, but, you know, he says Dan Hardy should be ashamed of himself. His friend is a pro fighter, not a baby, and Hardy, not an official. Sit down and shut up. Yeah. Again, I know there's a vested interest there, but he's not a ref, so. And Damien says I started 7-0. Dolly messed me up. Grand in parlays. Yeah. Dolby was the parlay killer. I thought there'd be other guys game, you know, obviously Gustafson too. He, he killed a lot of people's parlays too, but yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. Okay. So I like Damon says this, they should hand out more bonuses. Too many guys making 10 and 10 is such a joke. Bro, you're telling me, man. I mean, seriously, especially for a guy like uh, Tanner Boser. I know he just got a new contract, but you don't think he can use that 50K call? And he deserved it, man. He should have won in his last fight too. So he should have got more. All right, that's going to be it for t uh, this uh, part of the podcast. We'll go to Bellator 242 quickly. Did you watch it, Cole? I just watched the final, the, the main card, the four fights. Yeah, 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 of course. I didn't watch the <laughs> I didn't watch the Bellator prelims, man. I got other stuff to do. All right, so quickly go over it. Um, Aaron Pico looked really good against uh, Solo Hatley Jr. Nice win for him. But, again, you know, I still 
don't trust him completely, man. I'll be honest with that chin and just his defense in general. He's only six and three, Cole. You know, it's not like this guy's twenty. You know, he's six and three. He kind of gets a lot of hype, but you know, this was a good win for him. I, I still think he needs to slowly roll. I, I should have mentioned Rafael Stotts also had a nice performance on the prelims. Um, didn't see the fight, but uh, from what I heard, very dominant, and he was a big favorite there as well. Um, this fight was interesting, called JJ Wilson against Tywin Claxton. I actually scored the fight for JJ Wilson. I know that I'm probably in the minority there, but to me, I think he won. I think it was the first and third round based on his effective grappling. Tywin Claxton basically just pushed him against the fence. Um, JJ actually had submission attempts. He was going for the finish. He landed, I think, better shots. So um, I don't know how closely you watched the fight, Cole, but what do you think about the scorecard? Yeah, I wasn't watching this one too closely, but I think. Just on first glance, it was the Kasuvilos fight. It was one of those ones where if Wilson won, I wasn't surprised. Clax won, I wouldn't be surprised. How yeah. Clax all of a sudden two or now two uh, one and two? And, yeah, one and two in his last three. Like he yeah. was one of those top prospects for Bellator. They put him in the Grand Prix, and then he lost to Manuel Sanchez, lost JJ Wills. JJ Wilson missed Wade here too, so I don't know how much that size and strength added to it. But he looked good for considering he was a big underdog here too. Yeah, and I said in the podcast on Friday, I, I know that one didn't get uh, as many viewers, but uh, hopefully you guys listened because I actually was pretty bang on with my uh, breakdown this car, especially this fight between Jason Jackson and Jordan Meehan. I said Jason Jackson was the best bet of the weekend, and he ended up being – he was a plus 100 underdog at close goal. Crazy, man. I don't know why people were betting on Jordan here after such a long layoff. Jason Jackson's a good fighter, man. He's the guy that could be in the UFC, in my opinion. So I'm very impressed with him. And, you know, Sergio Pettis also looked good. That fight, 327 across the board, I think it was a little bit more competitive than the scorecards will indicate because um, Ben Diaz did have some nice spots, especially on the Mad Cole. But overall, um, I thought Pettis won. So any thoughts on those last two fights? Yeah, Pettis looked good. Jason Jackson, I don't get how he opened as the underdog. That was a clear – I thought he should have been a bigger favorite than what like Taiwan Claxton was. I thought he was that – if I had to pick one, if you had to give me one shot, I'd just say, who's your guarantee that will win on Beltor? I would have said Jason Jackson. Yeah. I didn't think Mean had much for him. Pettis looked good. I think he's obviously going to get that title shot against Werner Mix Archuleta. So I think if he wins a belt, it's probably good for Beltor. He's a bigger name than what Patrick Mix and Juan Archuleta are. Yeah, that, that fight makes a lot of sense. I think they've already kind of like announced it. Um, yeah, I remember I messaged you like before the odds came out. And I'm like, please, I hope Jason Jackson's an underdog. And he, Opened as a dog, went to a favorite status, went back to a dog. That, to me, was one of the best bets of the weekend. All right, I'll uh, take a few more comments here, and then we'll go to UFC Fight Night. Shabazian versus Brunson. Kenshiro Rio Doju has that Kamayev won 10K and 10K. I think he – I don't know if he's making 10 and 10. They don't release the salaries, so we have no idea. They didn't release the salaries, right? Yeah, we have mm -hmm. no idea, guys. It could be 20 and 20, maybe. It's probably not that much. You know, It's probably 12 and 12, let's be honest. But he didn't make 100 game bonuses. That's correct. So good for him. And he's going to fight again, guys. UFC 252. And I just saw on Twitter, Ralph Mariano, uh, they said that uh, UFC 255, that's the card call. Um, the uh, Habib card. So there's 254 that doesn't have a main event yet. That's it's like uh, two weeks before. It's like October 8th or that, something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure who's going to fight that. I mean, maybe Usman. Could be Usman Burns. That does kind of make sense. Like if Usman wants to fight again. He didn't take much damage in the last fight. And uh, Daniel Edwards, Gustafson cost me. Geez, yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, guys, uh, you know, I looked at those odds. I'm like, why is he minus 350? It didn't make sense to me. You know, Fabrizio's old, but he's still a beast, you know, as far as this ground game goes. All right. That's it for the recaps. Cole, let's go to the preview of this weekend's card. UFC fight night, Shabazian. Actually, it says Brunson versus Shabazian, yeah, because Brunson's ranked number eight, and Shabazian is ranked number nine. But we all know this card's being built around Edmund Shabazian. All right, so uh, overall, um, this is not the best card they did, but you know, a lot of the fights being booked on short notice. But there are some intriguing matchups here. We have 11 fights to talk about, Cole. We'll just start with the bottom and work way up, as always. First fight on the card, Chris Gutierrez takes on Cody Durden in a bantamweight boat. And right now we have Chris Gutierrez, minus 320, Cody Durden, plus 260. Give me your thoughts on this one, Cole. I, I'm going Chris Gutierrez, but this is a fight you can't really bet on. He's way too high of a favorite. Cody Durden's a natural. Uh, he's a guy that's fought a flyweight. He's fought a couple times at bandweight recently. I know, I think when he got signed, I think that uh, Maliki said he's going to be a flyweight. So I think the hope was probably he was going to drop down. But Chris Gutierrez is a bigger guy. He's a, 
fought at what uh, 145 in Spencer Morales last time out. Really good performance, a leg kick, TKO. I just think he's a better striker. He's a pretty good grappler. I just think Durden, I don't know what his card is going to be like. I know he just fought recently. He fought uh, July 18th. He's obviously made a quick turnout. You don't know what kind of damage is still there from the fight. I think Gutierrez should win this fight. I think he'll probably win by decision. I don't think he'll be able to get a stoppage, but at this odds, I don't think you can really bet this fight at all. Yeah, I really like Chris Gutierrez here, obviously. I mean, the guys look really good in the UFC, no doubt about it. His low kicks are some of the best low kicks in the sport. He is incredible with his kicks. In his last fight, he finished Vince Morales with kicks. That was impressive, man. That was at 145, too. So moving back down to 135 here, which is his weight class. Uh, overall, 3-1 and one in the UFC. He's looked great, in my opinion. He beats uh, DeFreitas, close fight, but I think he was a dog in that fight. And then the Ryan McDonald fight looked good, in, and then obviously lost to Barcelos, but there's no shame in that. Barcelos is a really good fighter. Uh, overall, I mean, this is a guy with quite a bit of experience, Cole. He obviously trains at a good camp there, uh, Factory X. So this is a quality fighter here in Chris Gutierrez, and he's only 29, so he's a guy that is kind of in his prime right now. Um, Cody Durden, obviously, I don't think a lot of us know much about him. He's also 29, 11-2 record. He's an American top team Atlanta guy, so I, I guess he's training with the, the Lima brothers, right, Cole? That would be his training partners um, and uh, uh, Jukal, Ron Jukal. So those are his guys there. I mean, he doesn't have much high-level experience, which does bother me here. Um, you know, his best win, I don't even know who it would be. I guess the guy he beat two fights ago was 10-3, and three, but I don't even know who that is. Baron Webb, I have no idea who that is, I'll be honest. Um, really, his only notable opponent is Jared Scoggins, who's Jetson Scoggins' brother, and he lost to him. Um, he is on a nice win streak here. He's on a uh, nine-fight win streak call, so he's looked obviously good lately. Um, but And he's finishing most of his opponents, which is nice. But uh, I don't think he's going to beat Vince, uh, or, uh, Chris Gutierrez. Chris Gutierrez is a beast, man. I'm telling you, this guy, is he going to be a champ? Probably not. I don't know how well-rounded his grappling is, but as far as his striking goes, if he keeps to find the feet, I don't see how dirty and can be competitive because of those kicks, man. So give me Chris Gutierrez. Cool. Um, Durden certainly is a guy that could surprise because we don't know much about him. And like you said, he just fought two weeks ago. So he could be fresh. He could be excited for this opportunity. And maybe he's going to have a great performance. We've seen some like newcomers win lately. But I can't see it happening here, man. Gutierrez is experienced and he's solid. So Chris Gutierrez, I think he probably wins the decision here, Cole. Um, could stop the fight, but I'm feeling the decision more likely. All right. Um, next up. Featherweight bout between Jamal Emers and Timur Valiev. Right now we have Valiev minus 170. Emers plus 150. Who's your pick, Cole? I like Timur Valiev here. He was a guy that was really impressive in World Series of Fighting on a pretty big winning streak. He has a win over Chris Gutierrez in World Series of Fighting. Jamal Emers is a guy that should have been in the UFC a long time ago. He got his notice, uh, UFC 248. Lost to Chiga, Chiudezi by split. It was a pretty close fight, like, just going down his record, like he has wins over Corey Sandhagen and Alexander Hernandez, which are obviously good wins. That was on the regional scenes, but I just think Valiev does what Emers does just better. I think he's a better crap. I think he's a probably a better striker. I think Valiev will be able to outwork Emers and get a decision win here. But again, it's a UFC debut. It's hard to bet on a guy that is making talk on debut. I like that he does have experience at a high level at World Series of Fighting. So maybe those nerves won't be there. So I expect Valiev to get a decision win here, but I think Emers is probably a live dog. And I should have mentioned the last fight, Luke Sanders withdrew from that fight, and Corey, uh, Cody Jordan took the fight on like, really short notice. So we got to uh, mention that quickly. As far as this fight goes, I like Valley of Two. Um, the guy's solid, man. I, I remember him, obviously, from World Series of Fighting. He actually fought Chris Gutierrez twice, cool. So that's kind of an interesting thing to uh, mention there. This is a guy that has some pretty good experience. You know, he's got, got some good wins. You know, Ed West, Max Koga. I mean, these are okay wins. Um, Bekbalat, uh, Megamedov, like these are decent wins. This is a guy with a lot of experience. Uh, overall, I've been impressed with him, man. This is his UFC debut, but I think this is a good move for him. Jamal Emers is a guy that he has a lot of experience too, and he has some good wins. Corey Sanhagen, man, he beat him in 2017. That's a huge win. Um, but Cole, I'll be honest, like I was really disappointed with this fight against Jiga uh, Chikati in his last fight. He he was a favorite in that fight, and I don't know, man. I wasn't impressed in that performance. And I know that Jig is obviously a lot better than a lot of us thought. But uh, I don't know. I just, that bothered me. And then the fight with Juliana Rosa on Contender Series where it knocked out. Like, that bothers me too. So I know this is a guy that's had some nice wins. Jay uh, Coutinello, that's a decent win too. Chris Avila. I mean, these are guys that fought in the UFC. And obviously, like I mentioned, Sanhagen. So he could surprise here, Cole. But I, I doubt it, man. I think Valley is just going to be a little bit too much for him on the feet and win a decision most likely. 
Damon says, beware of the underdog. So many won when they had those cards in the small cage. Dude, I just told Cole that before we got on. I was like, and guy just mentioned Julian Arosa. That's the fight that like worries me. I'm like, man, there's no way in hell I thought he'd beat Sean Woods and he went in there and did it. So definitely, you know, you got to be careful. Obviously, you, you got to pick your spots. And there's going to be a lot of guys that do win that you thought won, but there will probably be a few upsets that no, none of us saw coming. If I had to guess, Cole, um, I'm only picking a couple of dogs in this card, guys. I think Cole's only picking like one or two himself. So it's probably going to be a favorite card, but I'm sure there'll be a few fights that we didn't see the outcome coming. All right. Uh, next up, we have a middleweight boat. Eric Spicely against Marcus Perez. And right now we have the odds favoring Marcus Perez, minus 200. Eric Spicely, plus 170. Cole, who's your pick? I'm going Marcus Perez. I'm just not very high on Eric Spicy. He obviously had that good return in the UFC. He lost a Teron win, but going on a good forward. So that Teron win, like, I think that's fight. i do not very high on Teron win either. Marcus Perez, I know he's lost uh, Wellington Teron before that. He uh, beat Anthony Hernandez by submission. These guys submits a lot of people. Eric Spicy is obviously pretty on the ground. He does have a submission over Thiago Santos, but he's been submitted before. I just think... Marcus Perez is a bit more well-rounded than Spicy. We're on the ground. I think Perez has the advantage. On the feet, I think it's probably pretty even. I just don't like how Spicy gets hit a lot. We saw Drawn win hit Spicy a lot. I just don't think Perez, I think Perez probably hits more uh, hits harder than Win. I think he's the, he's the more volume striker than Win. I just don't like Spicy's uh, striking uh, defense. I think Perez can really piece him up here. Probably earn decision. I think maybe you might get a late finish. Like maybe he, maybe you drop some subs or maybe drops some gets TKO, but I my picks Marcus Perez. Yeah, um, I don't love the odds, but I do feel like Perez should be favored here. I think he's just a bit more solid, man. The biggest problem I have with Spicely is obviously, hey, he's a guy that has good experience too, you know, and he's got some nice wins, man. Like the Tiago Santos win, who saw that coming? Um, that was a nice win. And he's had some good performances in the UFC, but he's had a lot of losses too especially by stoppage, man. This guy's durability is a massive question mark, in my opinion. I don't think he can take punches, especially to the body. He can't take kicks to the body. And on the ground, he can be submitted. Obviously, he does have submission ability of his own. He can finish guys with his own submissions. But to me, he's just a guy that has way too many holes in his game. Um, Perez has been kind of inconsistent in the UFC. He's just two and – actually, he's two and three now. So he's been really inconsistent. But, again, a guy that has some good experience. He has some nice wins. Ian Heinish. Uh, Anthony Hernandez, Paul Tiago, those are okay wins. Like, Ian Heinish win looks really nice. Finished him a couple of years ago. But it, it's a guy that's still – I don't know. Like, I, I have a hard time trusting him a little bit, Cole, because of, of his record, two and three. Is that a guy you really want to lay this kind of juice on? got to think about it. I think Perez probably finishes this fight just because of Spicely's durability issues. But, you know, Eric Spicely is a guy that's had some nice performances uh, from time to time. Daniel Edwards, fight should be finished either way. He likes Perez, but he thinks it's going to be a stoppage. I agree. That, I, that fight's not going the distance, Cole. I'd be surprised. Fight not going the distance is only minus 215. I think that's a good bet because I don't think that fight goes three rounds. He also likes Jamal Emmers as uh, the underdog in that fight. We'll see. should be interesting. All right. Next up, we have a bantamweight bout between Ray Borg and Nathan Manis, who's making his UFC debut here. Uh, this fight was booked on pretty short notice. Ray Borg, minus 225. Manis, plus 185. Who's your pick? I'm going with the underdog, Nathan Menace. He's TKO champ here, but I just think the big difference is Ray Bork at flyweight is so dominant. At bantamweight, his wrestling isn't the same, and Nathan Menace is a guy that's been fighting at featherweight. He's had a couple lightweight fights. He has an 11-inch reach advantage. I think it's going to be massive. I think if Menace can just keep Bork at range, he'll be able to peck him apart. And the problem with Bork is we saw in the Rick Simone fight, he just doesn't have that strength at Bantamweight to get guys down. I think Manis is going to be so much bigger where he'll just basically be able to, like, big brother Ray Borg, and if he shoots, he'll just be able to kind of stuff him pretty easy just with his size and strength. I think Manis keeps his fight on the feet. I think he's a lot better striker than Ray Borg, and I think just the size and reach is going to be a big factor. I think he'll probably edge a decision just by stuffing the takedowns and picking up, uh, picking apart Borg on the feet. Yeah, this is definitely a spot where the dog can win, I think, as well. Manis is an impressive prospect, 11-1. Only 29 years old, so again, a guy who's in his prime. Um, has some good experience, Cole, for sure. Uh, fighting guys like Jesse Arnett, I mean, that's a pretty solid win. Did lose to Taylor Lapolis by stoppage, so that kind of bothers me a little bit. And that was only two fights ago, but uh, you know, it's a guy with some decent amount of experience uh, for a young fighter. Ray Borg, though, I mean, this is a guy that's – he's still young, by the way. He's only 26, Cole. It's crazy, right? He's been in the UFC for a while now. Um, he's a guy that's so talented. We all know how talented Ray Borg is. He has great – grappling i mean it's really good but 
we've seen him lose so many times now in the UFC. Like he's kind of inconsistent, especially at 135. I'm like, I think that there's a lot of issues here as far as his size and stuff goes because he's not like that dominant guy he is at 125. So I do feel like this is an underdog spot for sure. I'm going to still pick Ray Borg, though. I think he probably grinds out a decision here. That's kind of how I'm feeling the fight goes. But Manus definitely is a live dog. So this is definitely a fight that's dogger cost. I wouldn't bet on Ray Borg in this fight. Daniel Edwards, if he couldn't wrestle, I'd pick Borg, but he's a natural 135er. Yeah. And Ken Shiro says, I will take Ray Borg here. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. I think Manus is a live dog, guys. I, I wouldn't bet on Ray Borg in this spot, but I'm still going to pick him because I do think he's – with that experience, I think you'll probably get it done. All right, next up, light heavyweight boat that's also booked on a short notice between Ed Herman and Gerald Mearshart. Mearshart is filling in for an injured fighter, or not injured, Dan Jung couldn't get a visa in time. Same with uh, Jung Young Park. Both those guys are off the card and obviously had a replacement. So here, Ed Herman takes on Gerald Mearshart. This is going to be a fun fight call. I think this could be one of the fights of the night. This is going to be a good one. Two veterans in the sport. Gerald Mearshart minus 190. Ed Herman plus 165. Give me your pick. I'm going Gerald Mearshart. I just think he's kind of Ed Herman, just a bit better. He's more in his prime and always coming off a loss to Ian Heinish, which made a fairly quick turn and lost, got knocked out. It wasn't a bad knock. Like it's kind of that refs, uh, ref stopped him there. But uh, before that had the submission overdrawn win, a split against Eric Anders where a lot of people thought he won that fight. And then the win over Trevin Giles. I just think Ed Herman, I know he's on two fight win streak, but if he Pat Cummins and uh, Kadis Ibrahimov, who I don't think are UFC caliber for that loss to Jean Pellante, CB Dalloway, like he doesn't have the good, he's not losing, he's not beating those guys he should be beating. I think Mearshard's just a probably, he's going to be the faster fighter on the feet. I think on the ground, he's probably a bit better. And I don't think the size is going to be a big difference. I know Mearshard's moving up to 205. Ed Herman's a natural light uh, middleweight that just doesn't care to cut weight anymore. I just think Mearshard's the better fighter all around. I don't know if it would be a finish at Herman. Ed Herman showed he's, he's got a pretty good durability right now. So I'll take Mearshart by decision. Maybe he gets a late sub or something. Yeah, it's a good fight. But, you know, Cole, I'm actually going to take the dog here at Ed Herman. I don't love it, but I'm going to take him here. The thing with Mearshart is and I pick him like every fight. and He's a really good fighter, but he just got finished a month ago. That bothers me. Or two months ago, I guess now. That still bothers me, though. He did take damage in that fight. This is a guy who... Overall, is durable, but he's been knocked out a couple times on the UFC, and I feel like all those wars, I mean, he's had 44 fights. He has more fights than Ed Herman, which is crazy. Ed Herman's had a lot of wars, too, but he's actually holding up pretty well. And In my opinion, Ed Herman's looked great in his last two fights. The fight with Ibra Greenhoff, that was a great fight. So much fun to watch. If you like clinch work, go back and watch that fight. That's a fun fight to watch, man. And then Patrick Cummins' fight looked good. The John Vellante fight, that was a close fight. That could have gone either way. Um, you know, obviously, this guy, again, he's been getting knocked out a little bit more frequently as well the last few years, but I've actually been impressed by his form lately. So, you know, I'm expecting a war here, man. I think it's going to be a crazy fight. I kind of feel like Herman's going to pull it off, though, guys. I think he can knock out Gerald Nursard. So that's going to be my pick. That's going on a few underdogs on taking this card. We'll see what happens. Um, but I'm going to slightly lean towards Ed Herman to get the win. All right, next up we have the last prelim. Frankie Sainz against Jonathan Martinez. Right now we have Jonathan Martinez, minus 220. Frankie Sainz, plus 180. Cool. who's your pick? I like Jonathan Martinez here. I don't really love the odds. I don't think you can really bet him at this price. I think Sainz is a live dog here. I think it's betting. You're probably going to do dog or pass here, but I just think Martinez more well-rounded. Frankie Sainz, he's coming off that lost to Marlon Vera. He's a guy that I'm questioning his durability. He's been knocked out by Eddie Wine. Like, he's been finished a bit. Martinez is a guy that doesn't have a huge knock power. He does have that knee win over Pinwin Lee. His last fight against Andre, well, I think a lot of people thought he should have won that fight. I don't know how Uwell won. But the lost on your super tough does scare. I know that was a while ago, but I think Martinez is a more well-round fighter. I think if he can keep the fight standing, he'll be able to pick apart Saints. I think that's a big question. If Saints can get Martinez down, I think he's probably has a good shot to win this fight. I just question his durability at this point. I just think Martinez can keep the fight standing and just pick up Saints, piece up Saints on the feet and just probably earn a decision to win. No, I like Jonathan Martinez here too. I think he definitely wins this fight. You know, Frankie Saints is 39 years old, guys. He's... He is the oldest fighter in this division. He has to be. I can't think of anyone older. I guess Faber, I guess he's the only guy who's older. But, yeah, I can't see a guy who's 26 and Martinez who's, like, in really good form right now losing to Frankie Sainz. Like, I just don't see it happening. Frankie hasn't fought in a year and a half, you too. So that's another reason, I think, not to like him here. But, again, I always fade older fighters. 39 is a really old age for this division. Jonathan Martinez will be way faster. Um, on the feet, there's no question he's a better striker. Can he stop the takedowns? I think so. I mean, maybe Saints can get a couple, and we'll see what happens. He's had a few upsets in the past where he took guys down that we didn't expect, but 
I don't think that happens here. I think Martinez keeps it upright, outstrikes Sainz. I think he has a chance to finish Frankie Sainz, but overall probably gets a decision here. Um, but I do like Jonathan Martinez quite a bit. Kenshiro, uh, Sainz, 40 years old. We almost got a lot of four-year-olds, including Ed Herman. Yeah, there's a lot of older guys in this car, but you know what? Some of these guys are still uh, effective at their older age. All right, main card, Cole. Let's get through it. Kevin Holland against Trevin Giles. Middleweight bout, opening up the card. Kevin Holland took the fire in very short notice here. Holland, minus 200. Giles, plus 170. Who's your pick? I'm going Kevin Holland. I think Holland finishes this fight uh, rather quickly, like first, second round. His last fight, I picked against him. And Hernandez, I thought Hernandez on the ground would have a lot of success. And Holland just ran through him. Holland wanted to go to welterweight after that. He had that quick turnaround against Daniel Rodriguez. Pulled up because of the shoulder. Back up to middleweight to fight Trevin Giles. I'm not very high on Trevin Giles. I know he beat James Krause. His last fight, that was, what, 36 hours, 24 hours, something like that notice. And James Krause nearly won that fight. Like, that judge actually scored the first round for James Krause, which he clearly won. James Krause won that fight. He would have been on a three-fight lose streak and probably would have been cut. Something I don't like about Trevin Giles, he works as a cop, and I know he talked to James, and he said, like, his schedule was so busy, he didn't have a lot of time to train just because of everything going on that – most of his focus was on police being a police officer. I think Holland on the ground probably equals Trevin Giles. I know Giles has a lot of submission wins, but and we saw in the James Crowe's fight, he loses position to one. He gets his back taken a lot. I think if Holland does that, he'll be able to submit him. On the field, I think he's the more powerful striker. He's the faster striker. I think Holland, whether it be sub or a knockout, I think he finishes Trevin Giles here. Yeah, I think you're, again, you're kind of underselling Trevin Giles, man. I think he's got some good talent in him. He's got some nice wins. Brandon Allen, you finished him. Ryan Spann, he beat him. Like, those are some solid wins. The Crows fight, I thought he won that fight. It was close. But, you know, obviously the losses to Cummings and Mearshart, that did expose him a little bit on the ground. And, you know, that's why I'm going to lean towards Holland, too. Even though Holland took the fire on short notice, he's taken fights on short notice in the past. And he's proven he can hang in there and beat guys. So, I do like him here. I just think that it could be a potential dog spot, Cole. I, I, I wouldn't go too crazy in Holland, man. But uh, that's going to be my pick. I'll take Kevin Holland. I think he probably does get the finish here. But I'm telling you guys, Trevin Giles, he had a full camp for this fight. Holland didn't. So this could be another spot where there is an upset, in my opinion. All right, next up, we got a lightweight bout between Lando, Venata, and Bobby Green. Right now, we have odds favoring Venata, minus 145. Bobby Green, plus 125. Who's your pick? Yeah, the rematch, too. The first fight was a draw, which was only because Venata had that point taken. If not, he would have won that fight. But I'm still going to stand on Bobby Green. I just not high on Lando Venata at all. He's a guy that... For the law, lost Drucker close, drawn him after Vola, beat Marcus Mariano, who is only reason he was in the UFC is because he's Anderson's, Anderson Silva's friend. Then lost to Casey. The winner of Medeiros looks good, but I just, Bobby Green, as the Clay Guida fight was good, lost to Ronaldo close, and then beat Air Coach. He's a guy that both these guys are so inconsistent. I think it's hard to bet this fight. Like, I wouldn't bet this fight at all just because you don't really know which version. Like, you get the Lando Fernando version that fought Yancey Medeiros, or you get the version. That fought a guy like uh, Dracarco's David Tamer lost to him, but same thing with Bobby Green. He's so inconsistent. I just think this is going to be a striking fight. I think Bobby Green just has some good striking. I think he can clinch up Lando Venata as well and have some success. I'll pick Bobby Green by decision, but even though I'm picking the underdog, I wouldn't bet this fight at all. Yeah, it's like the battle between guys that are 500. I'm looking at the records right now. Bobby Green, 5 5 and 1 in the UFC. Actually, sorry, 6 5 and 1. Lando Venata. Three, four, and two. So, like, one of the weirdest records in the UFC right now. It's so bizarre. These guys are really tough to trust, man. They're so consistent. Like, at times, both guys have had some really good performances. I remember when um, Venato had made his debut against Ferguson. Man, he gave Tony Ferguson run for his money. Then he had that win against John McDessey. Crazy wheel kick. I was there for that one. He's had some great fights. Bobby Green, I thought he looked really good against Clay Guida, too. So, he's had some good fights, too. Um, obviously, these guys have fought before. It was three years ago now. The rematch, I think, will be competitive as well. Definitely going to be a close fight. Again, it's not a fight with bet on, but I'm going to pick Bobby Green because I was impressed by how he looked against Guida, man. I think overall, he probably is a little bit more well-rounded, but Green's one of these guys, man. It's like Darren Till. Like, There's times Cole, where it's so frustrating to watch him fight because he doesn't throw enough. So that could be a problem in this fight, but uh, you know, Venato, obviously, I think he's got great striking. I just think Green's going to mix it up a little bit more. That's my pick. And uh, I remember I messaged you, Cole, and I was like, how many dogs you picked? And you said, I think one or two. And I said, I think it's going to be Bobby Green. And you said, okay, I'm not going to tell you. And then now it's Bobby Green. So I, I figure it was, Cole. Yeah, I think I think Green wins this fight. But we'll see what happens. All right, three more fights left, guys. Vicente Luque against Randy Brown. Walter Ray Boat, great fight. Uh, another fight I think could win fight of the night. 
Luke minus 175, Brown plus 155. Who's your pick? I'm on Vicente Luque. I think Randy Brown here, though, is a live underdog. I would not be surprised if Randy Brown won. Randy Brown has a lot of power. And we've seen Luque. He got hurt to Nico Price, but he can't end up coming back. He's made a fairly quick turnaround after that fight, just fighting in early May, which, uh, what, three months? I guess it's a somewhat of a normal turnaround, but I just like Luque. I think he's the better striker. I think he is Randy Brown, just better version. I think on the ground, Luque is probably the better grappler. I know Randy Brown has some submission wins, but. I think this is going to be a stand-up fight where Luke is the more powerful striker, the more volume striker. I just think he'll be able to hurt Randy Brown. I don't expect this fight to go the distance. I think whoever wins probably scores a TKO win. I think Luke wins this fight, though, probably by second, third round TKO. Yeah, I love Luke, man. He's so good. I know you interviewed him, Cole. That's awesome. Uh, set, uh, 11 and 3 in the UFC, and he's looked great, man. He's won uh, – Eight, seven of the last eight fights. I mean, he's looked impressive as hell. And this is a guy who has finishing ability on the ground and on the mat, so or on, on the feet. So he's incredible, man. He's just great everywhere. Uh, not nothing but impressed by Vicente Luque's entire career. He's a guy that's always been a good bet. He's a winner. So I think he wins this fight too. And Brown has looked good in the UFC overall. He is uh, six and three. He's had some really nice performances, but to me, he's a little inconsistent. I know he had that nice win against uh, Warley Alves, and the win over against Pride Barbarino was nice too, but he's had these fights, like the one against Eagle Price, where he gets knocked out uh, from the on the ground, which was really surprising. And the Michael Graves fight. Actually, Michael Graves beat both these guys, which is crazy. If that guy wasn't a nut, he would probably be in the UFC and doing really well, but he's got some personal issues that uh, were well-documented a few years ago. Um, yeah, I like Randy Brown too, man, but I just feel like Luke A. Cole, especially if he keeps the standing, is going to win this fight. That's my pick. I think Luke by decision or maybe by knockout as well. Kenshiro says Brown is way stronger on the ground. Brown is good, but don't undersell Vicente Luke in the ground. He has multiple chokes by Darce and Anaconda in the UFC. He's really good in the ground. All right, co-main event Cole, women's flyweight belt. Joanne Collar against Jennifer Maya. Right now we have Joanne Collar weight minus 190, Maya plus 165. Who's your pick? I think the bigger question of this fight is does Jennifer Maya make weight? She's missed weight the past two fights. I think Calder wins this fight. I just think she's the better striker. I can't see this fight going down on the ground. I think Calderwood will just be able to piece up Jennifer Maya, similar to what Kaylin Chikagan did to her. I just think Calderwood's going to edge out a decision, secure title shot over Chikagan. I am. I was surprised when she did take this fight, but then I'm not surprised after looking more into it. I'm like, who knows when Shevchenko's going to fight? She hasn't fought since September last year. Good to get another win and get some more money, get some more experience. I think she, this is a favorable match for her. I think she's the better striker than Jennifer Maya. Lands more strikes, more volume striker. I just think she should be able to edge out Jennifer Maya. I think this fight's going to look really similar to what Maya Chukagian was. Yeah, this is going to be, um, I don't think, the greatest fight, honestly. But I feel like Hollywood is probably just going to outpoint Jennifer Maya. We should mention Hollywood is taking the fight somewhat short notice, I think two or three weeks, filling in for Vivian Araujo, who I believe has COVID-19. So... That's uh, something to keep in mind here. Jennifer Maya does have some nice wins, too. I mean, she has got a lot of experience. She's a former Invicta champion. She has some good wins. Roxanne twice, Alexis um, Davis, Jessica Andrade. So she has some good wins. But, uh, you know, Joanne Calderway, I think, has been a lot more proven in the UFC. And overall, one through the last four fights look pretty good. Um, this is uh, going to be, like I said, I don't think the greatest fight in the world. I think it could be kind of like a low output kind of fights. But it's an important fight at 125, and I think Calgary gets it and finally gets her title shot. All right, main event, Cole. Probably the most intriguing fight on the card. Edmund Shabazian taking on Derek Brunson in a middleweight bout. Edmund Shabazian minus 330. Derek Brunson plus 270. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is a really surprise. I'm surprised Edmund Shabazian is this high of a favorite because Derek Brunson has really good wrestling. And if you look at his record, he only loses to those elite guys. A lot, uh, Israel Asanya, Jacques Souza, Anderson Silva. At that time, I think which was pretty good. Robert Whitaker, Yoel Romero, or his only losses in the UFC, which those are the top guys. That's Those are champions or future title or title challengers. Other than Souza, who probably should have got a title shot, though. So Shabazzian beats Bronson. That's a huge win for him. That shows he belongs. I do think Edmund Shabazzian wins his fight. I think he's going to knock out Derek Bronson in the first, second round. That Brad Tavares performance really impressed me. I picked Shabazzian in that fight, but no one finishes Brad Tavares like that. Like Adesanya went five rounds Brad Tavares. He's a tough guy to finish, and Shabazian got him out quickly. I think this is going to be similar to Adesanya Brunson, where Adesanya lands that head kick, drops Brunson, and Shabazian finishes him by ground pound. I think Shabazian finishes the fight in the first, second round. I think after that, he's skyrocketed top five guy, and he's fighting for the belt pretty soon. Well, Brad DeVaris was knocked out even quicker by Rob Whitaker, man. I'm sure you yeah. know, that was a crazy finish, too. Yeah. 
you know, this is a really interesting fight call. I mean, Edmund obviously is so impressive, and he's young, man, 22, Paul, so young, managed by Ronda Rousey. UFC loves him. It's his first main event. He's looked great in the UFC. The Darren Stewart fight, his first fight was close. He won that fight by split. Since then, they're just destroying everyone. Charles Bird, Jack Marshman, Brad Tavares. I think being Brad Tavares, like you said, it's a good win. Um, he's kind of like the gatekeeper of the top 15. So to me, that was a nice win for him, for sure. And he looked impressive as hell in that fight. Um, but Derek Brunson, I think, is getting a little bit undersold here by people, Cole. I mean, this is a guy who has a lot of experience, and he has great wins in his career. His last fight against Ian Heiner, she won that fight. That's a solid win. That's a better win than Shabazian has. And that was his last fight. He's got wins over Bachita. I knocked him, I knocked him out. Uriah Hall, um, Lawrence Larkin. I mean, these are some good wins. It's a guy that Derek Brunson, if you look at his record in his career, he's lost two times by decision. The Kendall Grove fight was a horrible decision. He should have won that fight. The UFC and Strike Force, they, they still kept him after that fight. That was a terrible decision back in the day. The fight with Anderson Silva was also a bad decision. So it's a guy that if it goes to the cards, he's hard to beat. He can be knocked out. That's the problem here. Shabazian's so fast. He's got so much power. He probably does finish Derek Brunson. But Brunson's got the tools to win this fight, man. Brunson has knockout power. Brunson has wrestling. Brunson has experience. I'm going to pick Shabazian. He's 14 years younger. That's that's something I can't overlook. He's undefeated. I can't overlook it. He looks like he's improving every fight. Can't overlook it. In a three-round fight, I think Brunson's got a chance to win this fight, Cole. So to me, I would have loved to bet on Edmund Shabazian. I was hoping he'd be a smaller number. I can't bet on him at this price. I think there's probably some value in Derek Brunson at plus 270, Cole. I'll be honest. Like, I kind of was thinking about picking him here just based on the line alone. But, you know, Edmund's a guy I'm higher, man. I'm going to ride at Edmund. I'm just saying, Cole, this could be the fight where he does lose and gets better from it. You know, because Brunson's a guy, Cole, that's a great gatekeeper. He's the perfect guy because he can wrestle you and he can knock you out, but he can also be finished too and you can look good against him. So love the fight, love the matchmaking here, but I wouldn't be surprised if Edmund won. All right, Cole, just a couple more things we'll get out of here, like two more minutes, Cole. Um, Two fight announcements that I want to talk about really fast here. Um, one second. And we'll get out of here, Cole. So the two fight announcements were Johnny Walker against Ryan Spann and Kai Kara France against Brandon Roy. Well, give me your thoughts on these two fights. Uh, um, the Walker's fan, but I'm surprised they're doing just because Walker's on a two-fight losing streak. I thought they would have tried to build him up more because Ryan Spann's a tough fight. Ryan Spann wins that. All of a sudden, Johnny Walker's three straight losses. Like, what do you kind of do with them? I thought they would have gave him a more winnable fight. I don't think Ryan Spann's a winnable fight for him. It, I wouldn't be surprised if Walker knocked out Spann. I wouldn't be surprised if Spann knocked out Walker. It's a close fight. I think at this point, the UFC is trying to see which prospect do I put more stock into between Walker and Spann. Kai Kara France, Brandon Royville, that should be a great flyweight fight. Kai Kara France, I'm super high on. He has a ton of power at flyweight. Brandon Royville looked good in his win over Tim Elliott. There's obviously a new champion. You have no... For sure, number one contender, like you have Moreno, Askarov, Perez. Whoever wins, Care France, uh, Royville might get that, might get a guy right below, like a Pantoja, Fabiga, someone like that, just to get him right into their, the mix. Yeah. I'm with you. I saw Dana White saying they, they have the next challenger for Figueredo. I guess it's going to be Moreno, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I like that fight a lot. It should be a fun one. But the Walker Span fight, I think, is a great fight. I'm just surprised they matched them up because they were prospects. But at the same time, sink or swim in the UFC men. I'll take this last question from Marcus, but we're going to get out of here after that. Uh, oh, uh, David Blackburn, K and, and Brand's going to be a fun fight. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good fight. Royville is definitely solid, man. Marcus, last question, and we're going to get out of here, man. Do you know why Alexi Olenek left first-round management to go to Ali? There's a long history of issues with the Cowboys. Cole knows about this more than I do, so any thoughts on this, Cole? Uh, fighters, they manage all the time. Managers offer to take less of their purse. They offer them more sponsorships, like I, it's not surprising to see a lot of fighters leave. Like, if you actually are paying attention, fighters leave managers, like, there's, which don't even get talked about. Just with Ali, he likes to publicize every single time he gets a new client. But a lot of fighters leave managers, like, fight to fight, and you wouldn't even really know. Yeah, no, for sure. So, I think that's a pretty good answer there. Cole's pretty well connected to these guys. So, maybe you'd have a little bit more knowledge about that than me. Cole, I think that's it, man. I don't want to go too much longer. So, I want you to plug everything you got going on right now, man. That Twitter, Axel91, the podcast should be up today sometime. Edmund Shabazi and Alex Perez, Calvin Cater. We'll have stories up on that. Uh, talked to Vicente Luque for MMA News. That'll be up tomorrow. And I also talked to Randy Brown for BJ Penn, which will be up soon as well. Or next, or this week, Thursday, something like that. Good and fighter, fighter picks for Shabazi and Brunson as well. Yeah, good stuff. And definitely, you know, follow Cole's podcast at BJ Penn. 
and always doing some other videos as well. So definitely follow that stuff. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Adam Adam Martin. Um, but most of, most of all, just follow the pod, follow the podcast, man, and subscribe and tell your friends about it because we're trying to get the listenership up. Again, I think me and Cole do a really good job here. So we'd love to get you know more people joining in in the chat. And, and we love everyone who's in there right now. Really appreciate it, guys. Um, but you know, we'd love to grow it even more. So podcasts available, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, everywhere you can uh, listen to your podcasts. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Adam, Adam, like, uh, Adam Martin, like I said, bjpan.com, maoddsbreaker.com, marings on that. Got some articles coming out this week. And Damon's in the chat saying Khabib and Justin. Yeah, we did talk about that at the top of the show. So go back and rewind. That was the first thing you mentioned. I can't wait for that fight. It's going to be a good one. Cole, that's it for today, man. I really appreciate you joining me as always, my man. And everyone who tuned into the chat and answered a question, we really appreciate it as well, guys. And if you're going to listen to it uh, later on, uh, you know, hope you guys enjoy it as well. Should be a good card. I'll be back Friday for the next edition of the podcast. Until then, have an awesome week, everyone. Bye.